Good morning. I was supposed to be running the marathon this morning, but Jason asked me to preach, so here I am. Good morning, brothers and sisters. My name is John. I'm a retired pastor, and I'm very privileged to be a part of this Horizons family. I want to welcome each of you this morning, whether you're here or whether you're watching us online. It's a blessing to be with you as we worship our amazing God together. I want to stress, if you are new to our church family or want information on how to get more involved, and believe me, getting involved is what we're all about because just sitting in the pews on Sunday morning doesn't help us to grow as Christians. I want to encourage you to register for growth tracks, which will be starting in June. This is an excellent four-week program led by members of our church. It includes information about the church, spiritual gift inventory, and a chance to shadow ministries in which you might be interested. Now, having said that, the second thing I want to lift up this morning really excites me. This summer is going to see the return of VBS. <laughs> For those of you who are near VBS's Vacation Bible School, and if you're new to Horizons, this is one of the most exciting, spiritually rewarding, and most weird experience of the summer. I remember my first summer here, actually it was my first Sunday here, they had sign up, and I signed up to become a crew leader. And I got home and I told my daughter that, and she said, you didn't. And I said, what are you talking about? I've been leading and doing VBS for almost 50 years, and she said, you have not been doing Horizons VBS. She was right. For COVID safety, we'll be conducting most activities outdoors using tents. But the time to register is right now. It's online and you can register online. If you're a high school student or an adult, you can register to volunteer and help make this special event happen. Middle schoolers can register to be helpers. You've got the best job. You get to have fun with the other kids as well as be a leader. And now I want to encourage you to register your children so that they can be part of this best week of the summer. Due to COVID, registrations will be limited this year. So register now when you get home this afternoon. Now for more information on either of these amazing events, just as it says up there, go to horizons.church and click on events. Okay. One of the questions I hear as a pastor is, does the Old Testament really matter anymore? This question refers mostly to our attitude toward the five books of the law. It is increasingly relevant today as our society changes in ways that call the Old Testament into question. My answer is from the prophet Jeremiah and from the words of Jesus. 
The covenant of Moses that we know as the Ten Commandments also includes 613 biblical laws given by God. Because Israel was unfaithful to the covenant, Jeremiah told of a new covenant that God would give to his people. Jeremiah said, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sin no more. These words were fulfilled when Jesus at the Last Supper declared to his disciples, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. Jesus says that his blood is the price for the forgiveness of our sin. I was asked by a pastor once whether I really believed that, and the truth is I do. I know that sin always has a price that is seen in the brokenness of the world we live in and the pain of those who have been hurt. The new covenant says that Jesus paid the price for my sin. The new covenant doesn't allow me to ignore God's law. Rather, it offers me grace as I seek to live God's truth. If we have any questions about the Old Testament, Jesus answered those in our passage from Mark today. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Until the return of Jesus, our righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees. That's the 20th verse. What does it mean to be righteous in a world that often mocks God's glory and laughs at God's truth? Jesus gives us several examples, but I want to look first at the law against adultery. I want to examine this law for two reasons. First, it is a problem in our society today. Secondly, it is the charge that God brought against Israel for her covenant unfaithfulness. Here are the words of Jesus. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now in Jesus's time, adultery was punishable by death. It was considered a sin that broke God's covenant and destroyed family and community. It was so serious that two witnesses were required 
before the death sentence could be issued. Now, some suggest that Jesus rejects that law in dealing with the accused woman in John, but I personally believe that's inaccurate. He asked the woman as they stand alone, and all the others have left, who condemns her. In the absence of two witnesses, she could not be found guilty. Now, with his ability to see into the heart, Jesus forgives her and tells her to sin no more. In the words we just heard, when Jesus says, I tell you, he is speaking with the prophet's authority, saying that he is speaking God's word on adultery. And he tells us that adultery does not begin with the physical act. It begins as a desire in our hearts. And this is true of every sin that we can speak of. Now note that I am not talking about looking at a woman and noting that she's attractive. By the way, if you haven't figured it out, I'm a man. I rarely look at a man and consider him attractive. Ladies, feel free to change the gender of everything I'm saying this morning. I'm talking about knowing that my thoughts are immoral and still continuing to entertain those thoughts in my heart. In doing so, we deceive ourselves into believing that we are doing nothing wrong as we haven't actually sinned. But Jesus understands that sins begins with the desire. And the more I feed the desire, the more I increase the likelihood of acting on it. And the more it influences how I see other women and how I behave toward my own family, as well as the object of desire. And even if I never act on that desire, it hurts my relationships and causes me to sin within my heart. Jesus also spoke to the commandment against murder. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Jesus suggests that the sin of murder begins within the heart as we harbor resentment and anger against another person. I was privileged to grow up in a time of great change. For those of you who are young, and <laughs> in this church that's everyone, I actually remember black and white TV sets and the day when they became color. I saw propeller planes become jets. I watched a man walk on the moon. However, the greatest privilege of my life 
was to watch the work of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. At a time when there were places, especially down south, but let us never kid ourselves, the prejudice was just as real up north. There were places where black people couldn't eat, couldn't use the same bathrooms or drink from the same water fountains as whites. And Dr. King tried to make a difference. As I see the violence of recent attempts at change, I'm so grateful for Dr. King, who believed that violence could not change our world. I believe that he understood Jesus' teaching about sin. He wrote, nonviolence means avoiding not only physical violence, but also internal violence of the spirit. You not only refuse to shoot a man, but you refuse to hate him. This is what it means to live as people of the new covenant. We not only avoid committing sin, we also avoid harboring the feelings and the desires that cause us to sin. It's not enough, as Dr. King said, to refuse to hurt another person. We also refuse to hate or harbor ill will toward that person. Now this brings me back to my sermon of April 18th. For those of you who were not here, I told them I needed more time that morning. How do I change the desire and the thoughts of my heart? And the truth is, I can't. No matter how hard I try, my heart continues to return to the thoughts and desires that feed wrong impulses. And sometimes I don't even realize that I'm doing it. And that is why I can only change when the spirit of Jesus is deeply at work within my life. Change happens as I recognize that truth. There are desires and impulses that pull at my heart. And I am all too often either unwilling or unable to change them or to control them. When I face that truth, I turn to God who is able to change my life. I confess to God my sinful thoughts and desires and ask him to change my heart. In the words of the psalmist, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now God promises through the prophet Jeremiah that we live in a time of grace and mercy. And when we confess our sins, God will graciously forgive and remember our sins no more. God is faithful and will send his spirit when we ask for his help. God alone can create the clean heart, the right desire that we seek. Sometimes we may need to confess to another person. 
This is certainly true when we have caused harm to another. Part of the healing and growth process is making things right with that person. But there may also be times when we need to go to a brother or sister in Christ and confess our struggle. And what we're asking of them is to help us be accountable to our desire to change. I do, however, seriously offer this warning. If the sin for which we seek help is a sexual sin, we should never ask a person of the opposite sex to help us to be accountable. I want to encourage you to be aware of the excellent work of my sister in Christ, Karen Harold, who is our adult minister. You know, when I wrote that, I wondered if that makes me a kid's minister. But <laughs> our Christian growth is greater and more consistent when we are in a small group. The group becomes a place where we can be honest and seek support. They can also pray for us and hold us accountable each week. Karen has developed an amazing small group ministry in our church. For information or to become a part of such a group, go to horizons.church and click on events. In a few moments, we will share our Lord's Supper. And I invite you to remember that it is a time of grace. Jesus, with love for us, paid the price for our sins. And this, this is a gift of that love. When we come to the table, we are aware of our sin. We are also aware that we are forgiven and live with the power of God's spirit at work within our lives. Please understand that we will fail. No matter how hard we try, we will fall back into patterns that lead to sin. We are, after all, human. And when we sin again, either in thoughts or actions, we turn again to our loving Father and seek his forgiveness and help. Finally, I want to remind us of the closing words of Jesus in this section of Matthew. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to eternal life, and few find it. Each of us has a choice about which road we will take. However, we never walk that road alone. The world is going to invite us to take the wide road, and it's going to be tempting. But Jesus invites us to walk the narrow road of faith. Remember that you're never alone on that road. The Holy Spirit is our guide, and our Christian brothers and sisters walk the road with us. I want to invite you to ponder these thoughts, these questions. At lunch, this afternoon when you're home with the family or, or by yourself, I just invite you to think about them. With what thoughts or desires do you struggle? Secondly, are you comfortable 
sharing those thoughts or desires and confession to God. Thirdly, have you considered joining a small group to receive Christian support on your life change journey? And finally, and this is an important one, have you invited someone else who needs support and encouragement to be a part of your small group? There's a thought that exists among us at times that a small group is our support group and it's kind of for us. But that attitude excludes someone else that may need that. And brothers and sisters, you know who that person may be. Invite them to become a part of your group. They need the same support, encouragement, and love that you are so richly blessed with. Brothers and sisters, be prepared with the cups. As was said, there are gluten-free cups out there. They don't come like this in the one package. You'll get a package that's simply grape juice and then a little container with the gluten-free wafer. Let us pray. Gracious and heavenly Father, we praise and we give you all glory and honor. And as we come to share in this blessed meal today, we remember what our Lord and Savior did for us. He took the bread and he gave thanks to you. Then he broke the bread. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. And again, he gave thanks to you, Father. And then he gave the cup to the disciples, and he said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you will in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, through the power and the love of the Holy Spirit that you already have present with us here this morning, pour your gifts, pour the power of your living spirit upon the gifts that each person here holds and upon those that are held in the hands of the families online. Through the power and the love of the Holy Spirit, may they become for us the body and the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we share them, may we be blessed with his very real presence in our hearts. Let us join together in the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you now to take the wafer and to share that.
cup and drink it. Thank you, Jesus.